in the first book of or the first chapter of Proverbs, it says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction." The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, I wanted to talk today about uh, just the, the crisis of manhood uh, worldwide. I mean, there is a real, real problem that I see everywhere I go. I've, you've probably heard me mention before, I absolutely despise cowardice in all of its forms. And uh, I've come to despise cowardice because I've realized how damaging it is to our society as a whole. And so one of the things, as a father of three sons and two daughters, I wanted to teach my sons uh, just how important it is to be a man. But one of the things that you find is that, uh, you know, boys, boys want to become men. I mean, boys aspire to be men, but they don't really get a good definition of that from our culture. And because of that, they end up, engaging in all sorts of behaviors that are not exactly uh, positive, not exactly uh, helpful uh, or healthy. And those behaviors are, uh, we, we see them because these boys are trying to define for themselves what manhood looks like. And they're trying to show the world, you know, I've got what it takes and show themselves that they have what it takes. So a lot of the unhealthy behaviors we see are boys just trying to answer that question of how do I know that I'm a man? I'm as guilty as anybody of acting that way. And in reality, if I think about why I joined the military, uh, as a matter of fact, today is a special day. So I'm going to wear my, I'm going to wear my patrol cap today. How about that? There we go. I'm going to wear my Ranger Patrol cap that I carried with me for four years in the 75th Ranger Regiment. And, of course, you have to roll it like that. See? You see that? See? Sergeant, Sergeant Holton. On the back of this thing is some cat eyes. And that's so you can find your way. Uh, you can see the guy in front of you when you're on patrol. Uh, now, the reason that today is a special day is because, let's see, 34 years ago, tonight, I parachuted into Panama during Operation Just Cause and uh, was the, in the first aircraft out of about 13 aircraft to parachute onto Rio Hato Airfield in, in Panama and uh, got my baptism by fire in combat. So, you know, and I, I keep this, this old patrol cap because it reminds me <laughs> of uh, those days. So, if I think about why I joined the military though, really I joined the military because I needed to answer that question for myself. 
I needed to know that I was a man. And I got picked on a lot in high school. I was a little skinny kid. I was like 120 pounds, 125 pounds when I joined the army. And so I got picked on a lot in high school and I needed something tangible that I could point to like that ranger tab right there and say, you see that? That means that I'm a man and you can't deny it because I'm a big tough guy, see? And so I wouldn't say that's necessarily unhealthy, um, you know, to, to act out in that way, or to behave in that way to try to prove myself. Uh, but it certainly was not acting out of my strength. It was acting out of my weakness, my weakness of not knowing that I was a man. So I wanted my sons, if they decided to join the army or if they decided to get a big pickup truck or drive their motorcycle, I just didn't want them to do that out of their weakness. I wanted them to be able to act out of the, the strength of their convictions, uh, the confidence in knowing that they're, they have what it takes to be a man. Uh, so I wanted to give my sons something that they could use as a measuring stick. And so what I did was I set out to be, I kind of realized when my, this is when my kids were little, you know, I was in my mid thirties and I hadn't quite really figured out the whole manhood thing for myself yet. I still, if somebody asked me to uh, define manhood, I would have kind of had a hard time with that. And I was already speaking around the country. I had published my first book, uh, A More Late Soldier. And I was speaking around the country on the topic of being an elite soldier in God's army, uh, men's groups and stuff everywhere I went. And so I started asking guys, you know, if, if they knew what manhood was all about. And um, what I found is that nobody had a really tight definition of what that was. They, you know, you'd hear a lot of the same words over and over again, courage, honor, duty, uh, things like that. But to really define it, to, to really nail it down, uh, was was more difficult. And so, thank you, Kimball. Very kind of you. Uh, what I did was I decided to become an expert on the subject of manhood. And I went out and started interviewing guys uh, that I thought had kind of figured it out. Older men, mature men, guys that I looked up to, my mentors, guys like Oliver North, um, a, a good friend of mine who had taken me backpacking since I was young, uh, some old veterans that I knew, and pastors and that sort of thing, and asking them what it meant. I also looked through many ancient cultures because almost every ancient culture in the world had a, a manhood ritual that they put their sons through so that their son, once he had completed that, knew, okay, I've crossed the threshold. Now I'm considered a man. And he didn't need to try to drive his motorcycle 900 miles an hour because he already knew. He, like, he had passed the test. In old ancient Hebrew culture, that was the bar mitzvah. And it was between 12 and 14 years old that a, a boy became a man. In you know ancient Spartan culture, they had the agogi. In ancient Native American culture, here, here in the Western Hemisphere. They had a, a specific ritual that helped a boy become a man. We don't have anything like that and in America. And so what boys do is they start looking around for a, you know, some sort of role model 
And God forbid they choose, you know, Dennis Rodman or, you know, some guy that shaves his head and paints it blue or, uh, I mean, uh, some, some sports figure or something that it, he's just famous because he's a, a good athlete. I want somebody who's a, a good person. And if he's a great athlete, great. But I want somebody, first and foremost, who's a good person. And I don't want them choosing some rock star or rapper or something like that to emulate, which far too many of our young men do, because those are the male role models that they're given, that they're shown. So out of the three years of study that I did on the topic of manhood, what I'd put together is a curriculum of sorts on how to become a man. And I made it, I tried to make it very simple so that you could teach it to a 12-year-old, he could memorize it, and when he starts to ask that question, what do I have to do to be a man? He'll have this, and he'll, it's, it's a, it'll be a yardstick for him that he can measure himself against. First of all, uh, it, it's the acronym SHAPE, the shape of a man. Uh, so the S stands for SUBMIT. I don't care how wealthy you get, I don't care how strong you are, I don't care how famous you are, I don't care how well-liked you are, if you have not submitted your life to, the create, to your Creator, who is the one who bestows manhood upon you, who created you as a, a male and intended for you to pick up that mantle of manhood, until you have submitted to His authority, you cannot be a man. The second facet of manhood is honor. Now, we all know honor is a good thing. I mean, we should be honorable. And if you ask people to define that, you actually get a pretty wide range of answers. Um, you know, it's being courageous. It's being good. Um, well, if you really look into the concept of honor, it, it has to do with value. It has to do with uh, giving things their proper place. So if something's honorable, then we should venerate that thing. We should hold it up and, and you know, give it lots of respect. And being honorable means to basically value things correctly. Uh, to, to treat things that are valuable like they're valuable and to treat things that are worthless like they're worthless. That's also important. Assess and improve, okay? That's the A in shape, assess and improve. A boy, when he becomes a man, should be assessing the world around him, keeping his head on a swivel, and saying, how do I make this better? How do I improve on this? And when he starts to consistently do that, then you know he's becoming a man. And he can know I mean, ask my son, you want to know if you're a man? You don't need a tattoo in the middle of your face. I just need to know if you picked up your room today. I need to know if you made your bed. Uh, I need to know if you saw that guy throw a hamburger wrapper on the ground walking into Walmart, if you went over and picked it up and put it away, put it in the trash. That's what a man does. So if you want to know if you're a man, that's what a man does. The, the next step is kind of an outgrowth of that. And it, it's the, the P in shape is perish and provide. Now, it could have been die, but then it would have been the shade of a man, and that didn't really make sense. So I, it's perish and provide. 
a man dies to his own desires to provide for the needs of others. A man puts, his other, puts other people's needs before his own. Uh, a boy is selfish. A boy is self-centered and, and egotistical, egocentric. What are people thinking when they look at me? What are people, you know, perceiving about me? Am I cool? Am I a tough guy? You know, so I got to, you know, wear a muscle shirt and get big muscles and I've got to, you know, get my tattoo sleeves going all that. So people think I'm a big tough guy. No, that's not what it means to be a tough guy. To be a tough guy means to give up the things you want to give other people the things that they need. To put other people's needs before your own. So that's the fourth facet of manhood. The fifth facet in the, the acronym shape is the E. And the E stands for engage. See, a man has to be engaged in every area of his life. The opposite of being engaged is being passive. And passivity, unfortunately, is the default setting for men. Um, every man. It's, it's, that's part of our sin nature. We want to be passive. Passivity is easy. It's comfortable. It's safe. Passivity is more than just being a lump on the couch, though. Passivity can take the form of being passive-aggressive. It can take the form of being abusive. Passivity is any time that I do not live up to the expectations of the Most High God for me. So in every situation, in, in my spiritual life, in my physical life, in my emotional life, my relational life, my financial life, my academic life, my business life, and my social life. In all of those places, if I'm not engaged, then I am passive. And, I, and when I'm passive, I'm weak. A passive man is weak and cowardly. And, but an engaged man, to the extent that I engage in any of those areas of my life, I become powerful as a man. I, I have the ability to impact the world around me when I engage with the world around me. And that starts with the guy that I shave. I, if, if I, when I'm engaging with myself, then I'm improving my value to the world every day. So um, that is making men. It's the, it's the concept of making a curriculum out of manhood. 